What do you have today, Jeremy? Biden and Tucker. Oh, Tucker's the big one. I have Tucker too, and I have Ray Epps. Everybody's talking about Ray Epps in 60 Minutes. Ready? Yeah. Okay, people, let's begin. Liftoff! We have liftoff! No rapid unscheduled disassembly here! That's right, this ain't no SpaceX. This ain't no disco. This ain't no fooling around. This is the Truth Bait Podcast. Ooh, I should clap. That's right, I hope you came ready to be baited with the truth. With me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image. The one, the only, documentary filmmaker, rebel pundit, Jeremy Siegel. Thank you, Mr. Marcus. That's right. And I'm Andrew Marcus, documentary filmmaker and podcaster as well. Jeremy, welcome back. How was your weekend? Hey, you didn't you didn't call me podcaster. You are a podcaster. You are a filmmaker, podcaster, and filmmaker. I called you the one and only rebel pundit. That is what you are. Well, I am, but you say for you, you're a filmmaker and a podcaster. I'm just a filmmaker. You're a uh, you're a okay. Actually, I'm going to put podcaster first for you. <laughs> you're a podcaster, filmmaker, <laughs> and then rebel pundit. I still want to make a film about podcasting. That is, <laughs> let's do a podcast series on podcasting. That'll be much more interesting. A, there are people that make a lot of money doing that, a lot more than we do. Uh, that's because they take corporate sponsorship, Jeremy, and we do not take corporate sponsorship. We work on the value-for-value value model. And, and this week, we are asking people to give us value by going to... Uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast and rating this podcast, rate it, leave a comment, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a comment there, shine praise on this podcast, leave that rating and share the show. Those are those are the biggest pieces of value you can give us. And and the feedback, Jeremy, we got great feedback from the last we got episode. Good feedback, yep. By the way, sharing the show, I noticed uh, absolutely at least... About half of the people must have shared the show in the last uh, episode because there was a definite uptick in the downloads. So keep that up, everybody. And thank you to everybody that did it. Do it again. Yes, that if is you didn't real value. Do it, if you didn't do it last week, then you owe us. Listen. So you have to share Everybody here now. should know more than one person to share the show with. So every week, this show should double, right? Shouldn't it double every episode? Share now and then share again. If you don't share this time, we're going to figure out a way to block our broadcast from your device. (laughs) Yeah, really, listen, you're just freeloading. If you're not returning value back to this show, you're just freeloading. Let's insult Um, our... our our citizen producer <laughs> listeners, our citizen sponsors, right off the we bat. We have some citizen <laughs> sponsors, and yeah, I got lots of people uh, 
were were responsive in the last episode, so that was great. I got uh, some some feedback from Jeff in Burlington, Wisconsin. Jeff says, loving the Truth Bait podcast, especially the latest Chicago episode. That was last week. We had a long, uh, good deep dive into Chicago. He says, I grew up in Chicago, uh, Albany Park, Rod Blagojevich's neighborhood, which is where I used to live when I lived in Chicago. Um, I find the work on Chicago's corruption in schools and politics absolutely fascinating. I'm a CPS kid. And my mom was on the LSC for our school. Uh, I don't know what LSC is. It must be local some, school council, maybe. Oh, maybe something like that. Uh, we lived through the corruption firsthand. Craziness. Um, my parents both grew up there and watched the neighborhood take many forms, and. Uh, he says, we still go back off, and I don't know why, Jeff. He got out. Good for you, Jeff. Thank you for writing. Lives, yep. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, it is a definite encouragement hearing feedback like that. We got another uh, letter from regular citizen producer Dan King in Janesville, Wisconsin. I'm just writing to let you know your last show here was one of your best. That was the show we talked uh, pretty much focused on Robert Kennedy's presidential run. That was the last episode called A New Hope. And, uh, of course, he says, I think Jeremy came energized and ready to do the podcast. Well, thank you, Dan. Yes, you did. You were on fire, Jeremy. I think this is the way Jeremy needs to be on every show. Well, Dan, I'm going to. Look for that energy somewhere. You can pray that I have it. And uh, Andrew, you were consistent as always. Great job. Thank you, Dan. Uh, as you may have heard in the last episode, I was standing up and I'm standing up again. I am standing and, today as well. And I got a new, I got two new lamps in my studio. Lava? I got a lava lamp. Did you really? I was just guessing. I did. Nope, I was at Home Depot with my kids, <laughs> and they had lava lamps. You fell on for the it. Show. I was like, I got to get that one of these. That wax for the studio. comes from China. It comes from yeah, the ears totally. of of Uyghur slaves, straight from China. And uh, and I got a another Chinese made light bulb that changes color, so it's like a really studio. I'm starting to feel like Joe Rogan in here. <laughs> yeah, a string of LED lights, get a sign behind you, I but no, lights, but no camera. Lava lamp. We're not doing no video. Camera. That's not happening. Nobody's ever, nobody is ever going to see inside this place. You're only going to live on my descriptions. That's right. I agree. The theater of the mind is where truth based thrives. I got so many emails and texts this week. Wait, hold on one second, because I also got a uh, a, a note from. Our Mama Bear in Florida. Oh, Mama Bev. Mama Bev. Great show, she says. I think the RFK, I think RFK is a clever op to draw anti-vax MAGA people. Will be interesting to watch. No, will be amusing to watch Trump with this. So, yeah, that's interesting. I thought of that, too. I think that's an, you could, you could definitely see it that way. Um I don't know. He's been 
He's been towing that line for a long time. He's been working on vaccine safety and and that issue. So it's not something that he just came out of the woodwork with. Yeah, but do you think it's meant um, to peel MAGA people? Because that's that's really the crux of her point. That that I think he somewhere in his imagination sees himself taking some support away from Trump, and I think he but will. But he has to clear the nomination first. But he's not going to take enough away, and he's never going to be the Democrat nominee. So I think that's insignificant. Right, well, he, I think unless he runs independently, is one. Maybe she thinks he'll maybe if he runs independently, if he doesn't get the the nomination, which he won't because they'll rig it, then maybe he'll run right. independently, and then then that could actually split and give it to the Democrats. If there's any op running, I see it more as the left wing media was was putting out there that that it's more of a Trumpian op itself to that. And now you saw Bannon this week also has said that he would be a great vice presidential uh, candidate. Yes, because they so, don't want him to run as an independent. If he runs in as an independent, yeah. I think, I think uh, Mama, and Mama be Bear Bev he, is on to something. Right. And it might, but it might be what he's, he's opting for. I don't, I don't think he wants the, I don't think he wants Biden to win again. He's, he, he, the way he crit criticized Trump was in a very respectful Absolutely. way, of course. So, I, yeah, I mean, I certainly thought about that. I think that's a good And Trump uh, has not attacked him. Point. No, and Trump has not uh, attacked him. So No um, nickname for him yet. I, I think, uh, no, and Trump's going to, I think that will be. That'll be I, the he's sign. He's got to be when, careful. When a nickname he's comes got, out, that's the sign. Trump's got to be careful with Kennedy. Because Kennedy can Kennedy can cause well, him he can't make any jokes about shooting people on Fifth Avenue. No, that would be a it's too soon. Not good. Well, thank you, Bev. Um, we will see. I will say I have had many listeners uh, text me this week that we have our topic for today. Oh yes, which one? There were two people were freaking out. Uh, there's only one I was getting texted about. And that is Tucker. Yeah, Tucker took people by surprise. I have a Tucker. lot on Tucker. I have Ray Epps too, though. Ray Epps 60 Minutes. Actually, this is what everybody was texting me about first. No. Was everybody was upset about Ray Epps in 60 Minutes. I'm calling it the 60 Minutes puffer piece. The, the, the 60 Minutes fluffed Ray Epps uh, turned him into the victim. Uh, this is the perfect example of the of what yeah, we've but, been talking about, where it's the oppressor oppressed dynamic. Every narrative is put through that lens, uh, and that this was a perfect example. Uh, well, nobody nobody texted me about Ray Epps. They texted me about Tucker. Well, so I think Tucker is. I think we got to lead with Tucker. I think we got to talk about. That's what people want to hear. Under normal circumstances, I would 100% agree with you, but I'm going to make an argument that Ray Epps should go first. And <laughs> I think that Epps should go first because I think Epps... Who's Ray Epps? I don't even know who Ray Epps is. You know who Ray Epps is. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Dude, Tucker is, Tucker is the... He's the it right Ray now. Epps is you the man. You want to push him back? Who is widely believed by by people to be was that was that on my end or was that on your end? That might have been my email. I'm going to turn that off. Um, 
Ray Epps is, is why you you have a cuckoo sound every time you get an email. It it uh, well, I don't mean to. Uh, it, it's happening on my laptop. I used to have you connected through clean feed on my phone when I was using the Rodecaster Pro 1. The Rodecaster Pro 2 doesn't connect to the phone quite as well. And so now I have you going through my laptop and I just I, this is I, I still need to get that laptop under control when I'm running your uh, feed through that. So that's I hope right. everybody enjoyed that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Ray Epps what happened there? Ray Epps is again. He's the he's the gentleman that most people believe is a a Fed a Fed plant who was instigating uh, the January sixth yeah, yeah. riots. He's out he, the okay. night before. He's out there saying we need to go into the Capitol. And sixty minutes runs this piece to turn him into the into the victim into the oppressed. Guess who the oppressor is? Uh, Maga. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Tucker oh! Carlson. That's why I think we lead with Ray Epps because well, I think Ray Epps—he's the king of MAGA. He, he is, dictates to MAGA everything they believe. Well, okay. So everybody, w- w- one of the things that everybody's trying to figure out with Tucker Carlson is why, how, why did this happen? And I just think that this Ray Epps thing tees it up a little bit because I think this is a bit connected to it. I think they've been coming at Tucker a number of different ways, and Ray Epps is one of the salvos. This 60 Minutes piece is one of the salvos, all right? All right, fine. You buckle? You cave? Everybody who is waiting for Tucker, Tucker's coming after Ray Epps. And that so is how it's gonna be that good, is how you way. tease a segment, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna That's be how you do it. Everybody hang in there. I could tell everybody how good. far forward to fast forward if they want to get right to the, the main Tucker segment, but I don't think we should do that. Nah, well, we'll put a secret code in the Epps segment. So <laughs> right. if they skip ahead, we'll find out. Ha, well, let me okay. So you do know who Ray Epps is. Why? Yeah, I know who Ray Epps is. I just got all these emails about Tucker. Okay, well, put put them in your pocket. They can hold. This is it's Fine. related. I'm not. I'm not just. It is directly related. It's the perfect lead in. But I have to ask you, why do you think this Ray Epps story dropped now? What is it, interesting? Th- isn't there's it? nothing. There's no development that happened with him. It's not like he had a court date. It's not like something happened. They dropped this down. They had this ready, and they were waiting to drop it at a specific time. And that is one of the reasons I think this is connected to Tucker. The timing was awfully coincidental. And as you're going to hear from CNN later, there's no such thing as coincidence when it comes to Tucker. So just my take, I think it's... I think it's a little bit related. Let's get into the 60 Minutes piece. I've cut it down dramatically. This is one of those pieces where I've listened so you don't have to, but there's still quite a bit to go through. So uh, here's the first clip. It's Ray Epps and his wife being interviewed by 60 Minutes' Bill Whitaker. And let's just, we'll, we'll get in, we'll start playing and we'll get into it. For millions of consumers of conservative news, Ray Epps is a notorious villain a provocateur responsible for turning peaceful protests on January 6th into a violent assault on the U.S. Capitol. The irony is that Epps was a passionate supporter of President Trump, who went to Washington to protest the 2020 election. But his often contradictory behavior that day spawned a full-fledged conspiracy theory. 
casting him as a government agent who incited an insurrection. Today, Epps is in hiding after death threats forced him to sell his home. He's the victim, everybody. So who is Ray Epps? Tonight, you'll hear from the government and the man himself. As soon as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. At six foot four in his desert camouflage, bright red Trump hat and military-style backpack, Ray Epps stood out from the crowd on January 6th. And you're watching video of him. What's that? He stood out yes. from the crowd dressed yes, like that. I thought the you. entire crowd was a paramilitary unit. No, apparently everyone was not dressed in camo with military fatigues. <laughs> so the okay. video that, that they're playing now is of Ray Epps at the front of the pack rushing towards the Capitol after they have uh, knocked down one of the gates. Uh uh, toppling over one of the police. So he's at the I, front of the pack. So the conspiracy theory you can see is shaping up that he was somehow in leadership because he was at the front of the pack who were rushing the Capitol. It's a, it's a common uh, tactic for creating a conspiracy using images and facts. That's him running toward the U.S. Capitol alongside the vanguard of rioters who first attacked and overran police. They even admit it. This is the biggest piece of gaslighting ever. Let's go! What do you think when you see this now? It brings back some bad memories. It's hard to see our Capitol under attack. Our Capitol under attack. <laughs> Again, the night before... He was on the streets in Washington, D.C., telling people, we need to go into the Capitol. He said, I'm probably going to get arrested for saying this, but we need to go into the Capitol. And now he's claiming it's sad to see our Capitol under attack. It's been more than two years since the storming of the Capitol, but Ray and his wife Robin told us they relive January 6th every day of their lives. You know, some people have said, well, just let it go and let it die down. It doesn't. What they don't understand is it doesn't. Again, they're the victims. They're oppressed by this whole situation. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? The theory Epps, a former member of the Oath Keepers, was an FBI informant who incited the crowd on January 6th, bubbled up from a right-wing news site called Revolver News. Okay, I'm going to call BS on that one right there. No one has said that he was an FBI plant. They've said he's a Fed. And that could be any one of 52 different intelligence agencies. So right there, that's the beginning of the straw man of this whole piece, is that he was an FBI agent. The main takeaway from this entire piece is going to be, okay, he wasn't in the FBI. But that really just, that only narrows it by one. Run by a former Trump speechwriter. He's the smoking gun of the entire Fedsurrection. And landed on... Okay, so that is, now you've got the, the editor of Revolver, a former Trump speechwriter, who is uh, on Tucker Carlson. Run by a former Trump speechwriter. He's the smoking gun attack. of the entire Fedsurrection. And landed on Fox News primetime. According to a new investigation from Revolver, 
Epps may have led the breach team that first entered the Capitol on January 6th. The convoluted... Now that actually, I think, is inaccurate. He didn't breach the Capitol. He was part of the lead team that breached the Capitol grounds. And if I'm not mistaken, he was. they were the first ones to, to breach a barrier, to enter restricted area. ...conspiracy theory made its way to Capitol Hill. It's not the Proud Boys who engage in the initial breach. It's Ray Epps at that precise moment. That's correct. And he's talking, that's Matt Gates talking about uh, where they pushed the gate down and toppled over a, a Capitol police officer. Ray Epps, he's on video several times encouraging crimes, riots, breaches of the Capitol. Carlson has focused on Epps more than 20 times on his top rated show, a half dozen times so far this year. He's obsessed with me. And Tucker is the oppressor. Ray Epps is the oppressed. And Tucker might be unstable. He's crazy. He's obsessed. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life. Why? To shift blame on somebody else. If you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. So you tell me who has more impact on people, them or me. It was a sloppy election. And then to top that off, you have talking heads reporting that there's problems with the voting machines and different things like that. The election's stolen. So yeah, we had concerns. It wasn't my fault, Your Honor. The talking heads made me do it. That is, that is clever. So they've really, they're, they're wielding him like a weapon. They're saying that Fox News and conservative media are, are victimizing Ray Epps because they want to distract from the militias that really did January 6th and Trump's responsibility for it. When, in fact, they're using Ray Epps and this accusation to distract from the insurrection that took place that day, the Fedsurrection. Was that what he's saying, though? So it sounds to me a little bit like he's talk, he's saying that they're trying to shift focus on him away from themselves for pushing those conspiracy theories of election yes, fraud. that's correct. That's what he's saying. And what I'm saying okay. is that they're, they're using him and that narrative as a right. weapon to distract from the actual insurrection that took place there. Yeah. The one you and I agree on. The one that the left and the... Well, excuse me, not just the left. The entire establishment... Uh, partook yeah. in on January sixth, right? Uh, and and interesting that you know, at no point in this interview does Bill Whitaker ask Ray Epps, "Well, what did you mean specifically about we need to go into the Capitol? Were you specifically advocating for breaking the law? Why did you think you were going to go to jail that night?" He never asks any of that. There's no real actual pressing. There's just presenting of the stuff that's on video, the things that you could hear him say and the things you can see him do, and they just say, that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> that is all conspiracy. We're strung by conspiratists. The conspiracy theory starts here, the night of January 5th. Give me one minute. Give me one minute. Okay? On the streets of D.C., tensions were running high at a pro-Trump rally, being live-streamed on the Internet. The Marine veteran tried to take charge. So I'm going to put it out 
up there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. in the crowd, Epps seemed so over the top, he must have been a government agent, a Fed sent to entrap them. When you said, we have to go into the Capitol, we have to go into the Capitol, what, what were you thinking? Okay, what were you thinking is a very soft way, and then listen to the answer that he gives. It is a total non sequitur, giving nonsense, and then there's no follow-up question. I said some stupid things. My thought process, we surround the Capitol, we get all the people there. I mean, I had, I had problems with the election. It was my duty as an American to peacefully protest. Uh, okay, what I meant by we need to go into the Capitol is we're going to surround the Capitol and it's my right to protest. If you're a journalist and you've got Ray Epps in front of you, aren't you going to dig down on that a little bit? You said go into the Capitol. You didn't say surround the Capitol. What did you mean by that? No, this is a complete softball interview because they the, the, the biggest thing that they want to do here is turn Ray Epps into the victim. And Tucker Carlson and Fox News and Revolver conservative journalism into the oppressors. Along with anybody else that wanted to. The next morning, January 6th, Epps was out by the Washington Monument, still focused on a single goal. We are going to the Capitol, where our problems are. It's that direction. Ray Epps walked toward the Capitol. He told us he wanted to be up front to help keep the peace. What happened next at Peace Circle, where protesters first overran police, is seen as a smoking gun. Epps pulled this agitated rioter aside and said something. Conspiracists say he was giving marching orders because seconds later, this happened. When he says this happened, the guy that he whispered into his ear then immediately goes and pushes the gate with the crowd. And here, he asks Ray Epps, what did you say to him? The first Capitol Police officer goes down. As closely as you can remember, what exactly did you say to him? Dude, we're not here for that. The police aren't the enemy. And I don't know if you've ever seen the video, Jeremy, but he's he literally whispers this into the guy's ear. If that is the message that he has, why would you whisper it? Why do you need to whisper <laughs> Hey, stop that. The police aren't our enemy. Why do you need to whisper that? Well, it sounds to me like you've already subscribed to the right-wing conspiracy theories about Epps, and you're watching this entire broadcast with a skeptical view. It's possible. Something like that. <laughs> Did anyone from the federal government direct you to be here at the peace circle at this time? No. No one from the FBI? No. Your old comrades with the Oath Keepers? No. And again, this is a straw man argument. Nobody's ever said that he was specifically directed to be there at that time. No one has ever said that. So even just asking this question is stupid. If he is 
working for a government agency as a whatever a, conf- a confidential human source or he's incentivized somehow with some agency they're not telling him you need to be at this exact spot at this exact time it's a i would imagine it's much more generalized than that what do you think yeah i would assume i i i would assume that there was that the question is being asked is allow him to answer it honestly, right? Like, were you, nobody told you to be there at that specific time? Well, that's an easy thing to say no right. to. Does somebody tell you, does somebody tell you to be there that day and encourage people to. How about were you working with storm any the government building? agency at all? <laughs> And yeah, you think, right. by the way, this is and a stupid he, thing anyway. If the guy is, he's not, not going to come to it. And not just ours. Right. Maybe he was working with a foreign government. Maybe he was working with Thank Ukraine. You. Who was there in the front row, there with their cameras, ready to 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 have the to see the and film the uh, windows being smashed well, look, in. I haven't made up there my were, mind there were about Ukrainians the guy, but there. I can tell you, Jeremy, this... This report is so fishy, and the way that they've handled him is so fishy. There is no one else in all of January 6th who gets a 60-minute spread talking about what a victim they are for what they did that day and how they're perceived. No one. Yeah, and there are people who have been locked up for, seems, unless there's some evidence we haven't seen, not even being there and not participating in this any way. This guy was right there at the front of the pack. When If he is nonviolent and he is like against the attack on the Capitol, when these guys who he just tried to dissuade secretly by telling him a super secret to stop him from pushing over the gates, <laughs> he pushes over the gates. What does he do? Does he say, I'm out of here? I can't be a part of this. No, he starts running towards the Capitol. I guess to keep that safe from the people he couldn't control from the gate. I remember Alex Jones being accused of encouraging people to storm the Capitol. And there was there was footage of him that I mean he was literally on a megaphone. <laughs> Telling people, stay peaceful. Don't go in the building. Don't do anything illegal. This is a trap. Don't fall yeah, for the trap. His, go back. When Every- is Bill Whitaker going right? to go okay. interview uh, Alex Jones in his trailer in hiding? Alex Jones wasn't like whispering at people. Hey, hey, dude. <laughs> we're out of here. Wrong. Don't do that. Pass it on. That's not the right. That's not the right way to take care of Tell this the next problem. <laughs> okay, don't. Hey, pass it on. Okay. <laughs> That's not how it works. Epps says he left the Capitol grounds to help evacuate an injured man. The time, 2.54 p.m. I looked back at the Capitol and there was people crawling up the Capitol walls and it looked like it looked terrible. I mean, I, I was kind of ashamed of what, what was going on at that point. So I, I started to walk out. By, because when he was saying the night before that we need to go into the Capitol, and I know I'm going to get arrested for saying this, what he meant, Jeremy, was that they were going to go knock on the door and say, hey, do you mind if we come in? 
Because we want to come into the Capitol. This guy is so, this is just so full of <sighs> bad things. That's when he sent this text to his nephew. And this is by this is when the conspiracy theory just goes off the rails, Jeremy. They're the conservatives, the Fox News lunatics, the MAGA heads are using his own text to nefariously construct this conspiracy theory. That's when he sent this text to his nephew. Conspiracists saw it as the true confession of an agent provocateur. I was in front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. Explain this to me. I was boasting to my nephew. I helped get people there. I, I was directing people to the Capitol that morning. You know how this sounds. I know exactly how it sounds. I've been scolded by my wife for using that word. I shouldn't have used that word. And that's it. That's all they, that's, that's as far as he goes with that line of questioning. He's, he, he has, the, the report leads with framing this as conspiracists. By the way, I don't know if how, oh, and I have to use this every time I say, by the way. Uh, do you, how often do you hear the word conspiracist? Well, more often. I, I've, days, I don't uh, typically hear that word. I hear conspiracy theorist. I hear, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't really hear conspiracist. But is conspiracist a word? I mean, because it would be like, wouldn't you be like a conspirator? Well, that's if you're taking, what is a if you're taking part of the conspiracy, I think. I don't know. There's a whole subgenre of conspiracy jargon. Uh, so... One holding a conspiracy, but theory. then he asks, so he a person he could, who puts forward. I'm sorry, a go ahead. What, what, what theory? One who one holding a conspiracy theory. is a conspiracist. It's an actual yes, or word. A person, yeah. A well, according to the interwebs, a person who puts forward a conspiracy theory. One who uh, here, uh, Merriam-Webster. One who believes or promotes a conspiracy theory. As a conspiracist. Okay. Well, he has concluded that anybody who reads these words from Ray Epps, that he organized it, com combined with the video of him saying, go inside the Capitol, combined with video of him at the front of the line, whispering to the very people who then crashed the gate, you're a conspiracist. <laughs> That's you can't if you put all this together and think that there's something weird about this, you're just remember you're a conspiracist. If Ray Epps was a covert plant, he is the worst covert plant of all time. Now, this is Tom Jocelyn, who is a January 6th uh, researcher, he was employed by the January 6th committee. And look, I'm not saying that he's a spook, okay. Uh, but let me read to you his his background. Uh, Thomas Jocelyn is a journalist and senior fellow at the Foundation for De Defense of Democracies, a think tank based in Washington, D.C. He's widely known for his work on terrorism, national security, and foreign policy issues. He's also a frequent commentator on television and radio programs, including appearances on CNN, Fox, and National Public Radio. I'm a little bit suspicious of anybody who actually gets airtime on uh, both left and right today. <laughs> that usually means something is is going on. This is what really jumps out at me, though. 
Uh, he holds a Master's of Arts from Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies. And I've told you about that before. Johns Hopkins is one of the main pillar institutions that opened up China. They were the, like, the first ones in. They were are, are a central spoke in the wheel of the China-U.S. relationship, and they always have been. And it's believed widely that the people who go specifically to the SAIS, the School of Advanced International Studies, which is where he has his master's from, there are three campuses. There's one in Washington, D.C., there's one in London, and there's one in China. And that... You know... What? You know, I've told you before, my wife, executive producer, Anne, went to Hopkins. But did she go to the School of Advanced International Studies? It doesn't matter. You're giving me some serious yeah, concerns about I, her. I, I would be, although I think that there's a, there's a part of Johns Hopkins that is not a CIA front, but it's possible your wife is a spook. And what if the stories she's feeding me for this show are part of a controlled opposition? What if she just replaces you on the show? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a better show. <laughs> um, I, again, I'm not saying that that this guy is a spook. I'm just saying he's a little spooky. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that was not my voice, by the way. I, I downloaded that, and then I, as I was listening to it, I was realizing, well, that actually sounds like it could be me. <laughs> So here, here's Tom. Voice. If Ray Epps was a covert plant, he is the worst covert plant of all time. If you are part of some elaborate conspiracy against thousands of people in Washington, D.C., I don't know why you'd want to stand out from the crowd the way Ray Epps did. That is not evidence. <laughs> That's, uh, what, if I was really going to really commit funny. that crime, would I tell everybody? It's really funny that that clip is there, though, because I've just, as I've been listening to the whole presentation and what you're bringing from this show, and I just did start to think, you know, like, maybe Epps was just this dumb idiot. Because it's certainly conceivable why 60 minutes that there were a lot about of a dumb idiot. Because that's part there of the There are a op. million dumb idiots in this thing. No, but because because that's part of the op, right? It's that he's the shiny object, right? Everybody focuses on him. Fox News and Revolver took our attention to Ray Epps. And meanwhile, how many, just as this guy is probably accurately saying, how many actual government agents were out there that day really coordinating this event? And that's lost. That's that's disappeared. No one and no one cares because we've seen grandma and grandpa get arrested who weren't even there, who weren't even in Washington. We've seen patriots denied their constitutional rights, treated like Al Qaeda on Guantanamo Bay. So we're enraged, rightfully so. And here's this guy, obviously. Like bragging and boasting of leading the charge, and he walks. So, what a perfect way, what a perfect design 
to keep all of our attention on him, just like Jacob Chansley, just like the Viking shaman. Yeah, but there was even a disparity from Arizona. There. Jacob Chansley got like I think more than a year in prison. Ray Epps got thirty days. Jacob Chansley wasn't at the front of the pack. Jacob Chansley walked through an open door. Ray Epps was coordinating, was, let me put it this way, was in communication, direct communication, whisper level, direct communication with the group that pushed over the first gate. And then he went in. Because you may be right, Jeremy, in which case... If he, if this guy is a victim, he has nobody but the government and the media to blame because they're the ones setting him up to look like this. Tom Jocelyn is a researcher. For sure. What? I said for sure. That, and I'm not saying I'm right here. I'm just saying there's an alternate view yeah. that's possible. And if, if you think about the depths of the way these FBI, CIA, the way they work, you know, we've seen how controlled opposition works with with media and with politicians you can be controlled opposition and not be a known willing participant as long as you're behaving the way that they want well, you to all you need to so, know is that the narrative that we've been given is bs whether it is because right, for sure. they're setting him up or because he is a, an f a, a, a federal plant either way and maybe Maybe this guy is somebody who is, like a lot of people we've met and have suspicions about, he was compromised somehow. He was fell afoul of the law, and they basically made a deal with him. You're going to be our, you're going to do what we need you to do, and you're going to be okay. That could be too. There's a lot of possibilities here, but what you can know is that the narrative you are being fed is garbage. Tom Jocelyn is a researcher and author, one of the country's top terrorism experts, tapped by the January 6th committee to help write its final report, which found evidence far-right extremists like the Proud Boys planned and executed the breach of the Capitol. He says the committee interviewed Epps and found he wasn't important enough to put in the report. How about the one guy? Go in, go in, get in there, everybody, Epps. Get in there, go, go, go. Nothing happens to him. The Epps would dispute. Yeah, that's actually an interesting idea, that, that they've engineered this Ray Epps to just get completely under Trump and MAGA's skin. That's, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, this this piece with Trump, though, here, with what they're doing, look at how they turn Epps into the how victim. How about the one guy? Go in, go in, get in there, everybody, Epps. Get in there, go, go, go. Nothing happens to him. The Epps would dispute that. After former President Trump mentioned Epps by name, harassment and death threats picked up. I pray to come to you to kill you. What do you think when you open a letter like that? It scares me to death. It First of all, she doesn't look scared. That's his wife. <laughs> she doesn't look scared. And although maybe that's judgmental of me, I shouldn't suppose, uh, I shouldn't assume what she's feeling. Uh, uh but did you know what they did there? His consequence is not the legal jeopardy that he faced. I think he got 30 days, something like that. Uh, very, very. So he actually did He actually did go to jail. I don't know if he went to jail. It, it might have been suspended. I have to, I'll look that up. Uh, it was very, very light. Actually, I think it mentions it here down the, a little bit in, later in this clip. Um 
But the idea that the the president mentioning his name and thus the reaction that he got because of not just the president mentioning his name, but because of all the video and all the content out there that points that something very strange is going on here with this guy and the way he's been treated is completely inconsistent, inconsistent and out of step with the way everybody else was treated. Uh, uh, that's the punishment that he faced. That's the consequence that he faced, which is, I think, kind of a bait and switch on the point that Trump was trying to make. But the, what they do there by by having the the death threats, that's the ultimate victimization move. That's the they have now completely solidified. Ray Epps is the victim. Trump and Team MAGA and Tucker. They're all the oppressors. They're the victimizers. It got so bad, they were forced to sell their five-acre ranch outside Phoenix. They're now in hiding, living in this 300-square-foot recreational vehicle somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. It's also, by the way, I, I have to say, it's the nicest RV you could possibly have. It is decked out. They didn't. They spared no expense on this, so it's not like they had to run and hide. They're they're hiding pretty well. We agreed not to disclose exactly where. It's so sad what people have done to Ray and to us and to our lives. Sometimes I've used my maiden name just so that we don't call attention. Late while we're on sixty minutes. She doesn't want to call attention. Yeah, it's like the, that's like when we go out to a protest and people are like, you don't have, stop filming me. You don't have permission to film me. You're at a protest. Are you trying to be heard? I don't think they're actually married. I'm saying it. I think that they're, this is a setup couple. They're not even a real couple. She doesn't seem, she's not, there's no emotion when she's talking about how afraid she was. She's, she, there's no, it just doesn't seem something seems weird. Something seems wrong. But that's my. I'm putting. I'll. I'll go ahead and put on the tin foil. I know that's out there. That that may be too much for most people. <laughs> so you want to hear how 60 Minutes was treating these people, treating. The January Sixers two years ago. It's a very different tone than what we just heard. Here's 60 Minutes two years ago. Scott Paley sitting down with Michael Sherwin, who was the lead criminal prosecutor for January 6th. And this, this is some creepy stuff, Jeremy. Wait till you hear this. Though prosecutor Michael Sherwin charged Greider, he agrees not everyone that day had criminal intent. We have to protect the First Amendment. The great majority of the people there were protesters. When do you cross that line? You cross the line when you cross a police line aggressively. You throw something at a cop. You hit a cop. You go into a restricted area knowing you're not supposed to be there. These are the plus factors that cross that line from a protester to a rioter. Ray Epps did a number of those things. Ray Epps crossed into a restricted territory that he knew was a restricted territory. He was parading in a restricted territory. He, I think there's video up on Gateway Pundit of him holding onto a Trump sign that was shoved at police 
So he's part of an attack on police. No, but he was whispering to people not to do that. Don't do that. Stop. 49-year-old Michael Sherwin is a federal prosecutor from Miami. On January 6th, Sherwin found himself launching a 50-state manhunt made urgent by what was coming in just two weeks. After the 6th, we had an inauguration on the 20th. So I wanted to ensure, and our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and all that we could charge as many people as possible before the 20th. And it worked because we saw through media posts that people were afraid to come back to D.C. because they were like, if we go there, we're going to get charged. That is your American government, ladies and gentlemen. Shock and awe to scare people out of D.C. That is the lead criminal prosecutor for the Department of Justice. That guy should be in prison for civil rights violations for saying that. And he was just following orders, too, so everybody up the chain. More than 100 arrests were made before the inauguration. So the first people we went after, I'm going to call the Internet stars, right? The low-hanging fruit, the zip-tie guy, the rebel flag guy the Camp Auschwitz guy. We wanted to take out those individuals that essentially were thumbing their noses at the the public for what they did. But not the Baked Alaska guy. (laughs) Not the Ray Epps guy. You know who Baked Alaska is. We know Baked Alaska. We We have experience with Mr. Baked Alaska. Tim Guyonette. His name or Guyonne, yep. something weird like that. He's the guy who, in the earlier Ray Epps video, when Ray Epps says we need to go into the Capitol, uh, baked Alaska, Tim is the guy shouting, Fed, 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 Fed. And he's got his own history. He weirdly seems to take part in a lot of. Uh, a lot of bad behavior on January 6th and gets off very easily as well. He gets off very lightly. He was also yeah, at... Yeah, I saw that. He, he was, was at Charlottesville. It, I mean, he's a real star right, player he was at in, the, the ugliness. He was at the Torch, Tiki Torch March in Charlottesville. He started to... When we, when we knew him, he was Milo's manager, right? And he was sort of his own kind of trying to be his own media personality, though not nearly as intelligent seeming or entertaining as Milo was. But he then took a really sharp turn into white supremacyville. Anti-Semitism. I have a clip. This is another clip that people latch onto regarding the conspiracy theory because that was not the first time that Baked Alaska had been had encountered Ray Epps. Baked Alaska is from a little town in Arizona. Well, he lives, I'm sorry, not from a little town. He lives in a little town in Arizona. Guess who else lives in that little town in Arizona? Ray Epps. Isn't that weird? Oh, isn't that interesting? 
And here's a clip of the two of them at a protest together where they briefly interact. And Ray Epps is acting the exact same way. Ray Epps is on the periphery and steps in to give essentially a direction to Baked Alaska in the form of a comment. But it really, if you look at it, he is, Ray Epps is giving direction, it would seem. It's, it would be logical to potentially conclude. Let me put it that way. There's only one way to God. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father. You hear with your Jewish subversion, you don't want to hear. That is Tim saying, You're here with your Jewish subversion. We don't want you here. The truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father. You hear with you hear with your Jewish subversion, you don't want you here. So skedaddle, scram. He says, skedaddle, scram. That's baked Alaska saying that to somebody who's you know come to uh, counter-protest, whatever it is that they're there for. And now comes Ray Epps from the periphery to correct baked Alaska. Yeah. I mean, everybody's welcome. It's a free speech zone. So yes, we're Americans and we're all You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And now Ray Epps walks away again. So Ray Epps has been listening on the periphery and then steps in when it, it, maybe it's, it, again, it would be reasonable to conclude that what's happening here is that Ray Epps's guy, his one of his one of his plants, one of his one of the people he staged there, baked Alaska, has gone a little bit too far in the Jew comet. And he's now come along to correct him. I like Trump that is the king of America. I like yeah, that is that clip comes from Sean Bradley White uh, Weitzman on Twitter, who just sort of looking through his comments on Twitter. Uh, would seem to he believes that baked Alaska and Ray Epps that they are not uh, plants that they are not feds. I may have that. I think that he at least believes that baked Alaska is not. Um, I think he thinks that this is all a conspiracy theory. Which, based on what you're saying, it may he may be right. It just may be the wrong conspiracy. It's still a conspiracy. It just may not be the, the right conspiracy. Well, yeah, a diversion of, you know, of attention, potentially. And this is my last piece from this. Was there a premeditated plan to breach the Capitol? That's what we're trying to determine right now. We've charged multiple conspiracy cases, and some of those involve single militia groups. Some of them involve multiple militia groups. For example, individuals from Ohio militia were coordinating with the Virginia militia group of Oath Keepers, talking about coming to the Capitol region, talking about no specific uh, communication about breaching the Capitol, but talking about going there, <laughs> taking back the House, talking about stopping the steal. So they are, there is a conspiracy to coordinate a protest. The only person that they have got direct evidence on, it would seem, is Ray Epps with the premeditation. We need to go into the Capitol. I haven't seen anyone else say that. I haven't seen anyone else documented planning that. 
So the the disparity in the way that that he's been treated is definitely a big red flag. And either he is working for the feds or this is a setup to drive everybody crazy to make him the big shiny object or both. But it, I just think it's the, lo- the longest shot possibility is that this guy is just a hapless patriot who said the wrong things and was in the wrong place, b- haplessly by accident. Don't go in there. He just needed someone to whisper into his ear, don't go over there. Well, I wouldn't doubt for a second that this entire operation went a level deeper like that. I mean, this whole operation was an organized coup against the United States government. And it worked. So there are so many bits and pieces of it that we haven't seen that we don't know. It's pretty convenient that all this footage of him is out there. And he's the one guy that's not going down. Anybody looking at this with a surface level perspective is sitting around saying, what is this guy not doing in jail? Hmm. Now, here's the other thing, though. Was Ray Epps, let's assume all the stuff he did going into the building... Was he even trying to overthrow the government? I don't think Ray Epps went into the building. Okay, going past the police barricade, doing the things he did, encouraging people to breach the building or go into the building, saying that he might get arrested the next day. In all of this footage, looking at Ray Epps, does Ray Epps look like he was there To overthrow the government that day. No. He looks like he's there to coordinate. Something. Something. He's there direct. He literally is directing traffic. And you're right. It is a little bit suspicious how blatantly he is on video saying these things. It maybe is a little bit too convenient by half. Wow. That is some truth bait. I think we leave it right there. It's Let's a, let people stew on that possibility. <laughs> yeah. It's a curious, it's definitely a curious case. I mean, it, and, and meanwhile, while everybody's rotting in jail, we're all sitting here chanting, throw one more in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I'm not sitting here cheering that. I'm sitting here saying, Everyone should be getting the Ray Epps treatment. I want 60 Minutes to do a segment on the people sitting in prison right now. Okay. Well, for that's, far less and that's a, than right, what that's a, Ray Epps did. Certainly. But the, but if you look around at the, at the, at the right-wing media headlines, it's all saying, what about him? What about him? Why isn't well, he in jail? But I think jail? that's valid, though. It is valid. It is I get, valid. I get but what you're the, saying. But yeah, it's you know, the you're way right. we're arguing it is, is is that I feel like that's part of the op. That's part to of pigeonholing us in prison. To, 
to to want someone in prison and not spend time advocating f- for all the other yeah, people that are is, in there. Yeah, but if he is, if he was working for one of our intelligence agencies, either directly or as a mule or whatever, he should be in prison. He should. That's an actual crime. That's part of the insurrection. Agreed. Anyway, all right. Let's give people what they want. Enough of Ray Epps. I think we should make them wait longer. We're one hour in. <laughs> Uh-oh. I know what that means. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time in the episode when we get to tell you how it's done. We use the value for value model because you may have noticed we don't have any corporate sponsorship and it's not just because nobody wants to sponsor us people do want to sponsor us pharmaceutical companies want to sponsor us everybody wants to sponsor us no we will not have it we don't take corporate sponsorship we have citizen sponsorship because do you really think with corporate sponsorship we could sit here and in do in-depth analysis and discussions about these narratives and deconstruct them pick them apart and show you where the truth is in a way that that reveals the lies of the corporate media? No. No. And in fact, I think that our next segment about Tucker Carlson is going to exemplify that to a degree. Uh, and, and we'll be getting into that. But you can't do it. You cannot have corporate sponsorship and the truth. You have to choose. We've chosen the truth. This is the Truth Bait Podcast. So we have citizen sponsorships, which means that we are we lean on you, our active listeners. You're not passive listeners. You're active listeners. And we lean on you for your engagement. We're building a community here and great ways for you to return value to the podcast are reaching out to us, communicating with us, letting us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, giving us segment ideas. Another excellent way is what we talked about at the front of the show, sharing the show. That really is the biggest value that you can give. If you want to be a uh, in spirit, executive producer of the Truth Bait podcast, share the show. And then, you know what? Reach out to us and let us know that you shared the show. I had, uh, Jeremy, there was one person, one of our executive producers, who said that she wanted to share the show, uh, but she's going to wait until we have our website up. And I think that actually, that's what? very important. We need to get our website up so that people uh, have a convenient way to share the show. Maybe they're just not sure. How to share the show. Not, so we're going to... Not a valid excuse. We will work on that. Uh, uh, but With or with... This isn't a website. This is a show. It is, it is a podcast. The show. Uh, Don't share our new website. No, I think that... Our, we're, this producer our website has a good is in development. We need to get that website Yeah, maybe up. so. And she should but, help us. The... <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the, uh, the, the way that we um, produce this show requires that we have your input to make it the show that you want it to be. And it's it really is that simple. Because you are all producers of the Truth Bait podcast, it, it requires your interaction to make this show what you want it to be, what we think it can be. And we don't have all of the knowledge. We know very little, actually. <laughs> we, we require, we, we lean on smarter people than us to tell us 
Hey, here's where you got it wrong. Oh, hey, here's you're on to something. Take a look at it this way, too. This is a... Yeah, really, we just know how to turn the equipment on. That helps. Yes. We've had more than one episode where, <laughs> where entire pieces of equipment have not been running <laughs> that should have been running. <laughs> uh, it, it, it takes a village, Jeremy. It takes a village. And that is what we're doing here. Yes. Um, so be a part of the village. Write us. Write us at truth at truthbait.com. That email address is truth at truthbait.com. And again, tell us tell us what you think. We had a lot of great feedback. People loved the last episode. And I'm really, I'm I'm really happy about that. I'm excited. It brings me joy that people are getting something out of this, that we are apparently getting better at what we're doing. And people are recognizing that. And thank you for that feedback. That is very helpful. This is episode 19. Episode 19. Oh, see, I left the date off at the front of the episode. It's Tuesday, April 25th, everybody. Welcome right. to episode so, ep- 19. Episode 19, two episodes a week. That means, and then we had like 10 practice nine, nine practice episodes. We had nine episodes. practice episodes. So that's 27. So that's like, what, 14 weeks probably almost that we've been that we've been doing this, producing the show, in, what, nine nine weeks or so of actually publishing podcasts, and people are still listening. It, it, not only that, which means the audience they like is growing. It. We are right. seeing the audience grow. Which means they're getting some type of value out of it. They're either getting smarter, dumber, or just laughing at us. <laughs> I have to tell you, but I'm getting smarter of value. To us. You just made me smarter <laughs> on the last segment. I would not have considered it from that angle that that he's the shiny object. I, I, I well, definitely considered that he was us. part of an op, but not that way. Well, here's one thing I'll say in response to all of that is they want us focusing on him. I did feel no conflicted about, about doing that. the segment at all for that reason, but... I think it's important they to deconstruct do. this so that I people agree. Understand. Also, I yeah, I agree. Also, but the, no the, one else should clear. be paying attention to it, and you shouldn't pay attention to it anywhere else. But it's clear that he's set up there for us to look at, whether he's a willing participant in it or not. They want us focusing on him, or they wouldn't have put him on sixty minutes. And you know what? And let's be let's be honest here, Jeremy. After listening to our analysis, there's no reason for anybody else to listen to anyone else's analysis. No one's going to do it better than what we just did. So, don't fall into the trap. You don't. You are now free. You're liberated from having to listen to any more deconstruction on the 60 minutes piece, unless we do more. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so obviously people are getting value from the show, but we need value in return. And we do thank everybody who shared the show, uh, this past week. It's got to continue. We got to get the ratings. Everybody should be rating the show wherever they listen to it. And please, please share it. Um, that is the best. Leave a comment at Apple. At Apple podcasts. I don't, I haven't seen anywhere else where you can leave a comment. So I think that's, yeah, you can put. Right. You can put actual reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, you can do a star rating. Uh, We're on Twitter. Sure about we should ask people other. to follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at follow, Truthbait. Yeah, if you're on if you're on Twitter, follow Truthbait. Um, we have other social media 
at some point coming. We have out. the accounts. They're just sort right. of sitting there dormant, waiting for us to activate kinda, them. Yeah, and we're sort of busy doing this stuff that we're well the top priority is the podcast itself and we're hoping really you know again value for value maybe you want some experience running social media for a podcast baby we got a position for you that's how you can return value to the podcast we will work with you so that you can administer our social media You'll get credit. Teach you'll, you how get, to do you'll, it. you'll be able to use that for uh, to put on your resume to go get your next job. Use us as a stepping yep. stone. Yes. Use us. I know we've got a few young people out there, some soon-to-be college students listening to this podcast. Step up. We need you. Yeah. We need help. Help. All right. Let's give people more value. Are you ready? Yes. Tucker. What about oh, him? I know it was the same for you. My phone blew up. <laughs> uh, this You're is like, the great stop. thing about doing yeah. the. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my phone blew up. No, I blew it. Ah! Wait. Oh, man. Oh, I totally blew it. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah. My phone. I'll give you thunder. Let me try again. I'll fix this all in post. My phone blew up. Wasn't that worth it? My thunder was better than your bomb. What kind of bomb? <laughs> well, I didn't was even that? hear like your thunder. Cannon? Here, I'll set you up again, <laughs> Jeremy. I don't know about you, but my phone blew up. <laughs> well, I hope you I know did I'm that not on purpose. Buy that piece of I know I'm not going to buy that piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the great thing about doing this podcast, Jeremy. When big stuff happens, I don't even need to go look for it sometimes. It just comes right to us now. I had our, a lot of the people who are regular uh, contributors who have sent us stuff. And, and oh, wow, thank you for that as well. Our, our contributors uh, uh, who are sending us stuff, you are, we love you. We love you so much. You are our executive producers, uh, uh, our Arizona audience, our some of our Wisconsin audience, just uh, great, great contributions. Uh, Belgium. What's that? Belgium. Belgium, Wisconsin? Belgium, Belgium. We got people in Belgium. Listening. Yeah, but they didn't give us, they didn't send us clips. I'm talking about the people that actually sent us content this week. We had a lot of people, I had a lot of people sending us content, among which related to Tucker being out at Fox. Uh, Big DNA Z was sending me a whole bunch of stuff. Thank you, Big DNA Z. Uh, there were a number of people. Uh, Anne in Wisconsin was sending us stuff. Uh, I'm going to leave people out. A lot of people. Thank you. Were, if I've left you out, you, uh, send well, us an email at truthandtruthbait.com and scold me, and we will single you out specifically. I want to ask you. Yes. Were you, when you first saw when I learned, Tucker was Do I out. remember where I was? What did you think? Well, yeah, I mean, everybody, every the, the messages that were coming to my phone were filled with dread and anxiety and anger. But what did you, and I, I can tell I you, know I felt you none thought. of that, Jeremy. <laughs> I felt none of that. Fox has been dead to me since election eve 2020. Dead to me. 
I, I you know, the, you, you know the Jewish custom of you tear the you tear the piece of clothing when you're in mourning. I tore the yes. piece of clothing and walked out the door on election on election the the, the day after the election when they helped steal the election. They've been okay. dead to me since so then. So this was this so, is all so progress as far as I'm concerned. Okay, but were you? Did you see it coming? Were you surprised? Uh. I did not see it coming because I don't pay attention enough to the the machinations and details of Tucker's uh, uh, employment. Were you shocked? No. Didn't care. And in fact, I mean, I, like I, I said, I, th- t- I feel I almost feel positive about it. The shock that people are feeling—they from- should have felt it two years ago. I got a text from somebody saying, well, I'll never watch Fox News now. <laughs> yes, you will, because you should have stopped yes. watching it when they <laughs> stole the election. Should have been done with Fox a long time ago. And we've talked about Tucker, and we've talked critically about Tucker, and we've talked sometimes favorably about Tucker. I'm going to like Tucker more now. He's got a better shot with me now that he's no longer there. What's the biggest thing that's happened with Tucker this year that seemed to instigate getting his head on the chopping block? That would be the January 6th footage that he so dishonestly released to the public. And we had extensive analysis on that release and why that entire release appeared to be an op itself. What episode number was that, Jeremy, for people? That I do not remember. Um, Uh It was probably around episode eight, nine, something like that, because I think a clip I have today is from episode 10, which came from some citizen producers that time, you know, basically with some clips that sort of exonerated Tucker, or at least sort of had him, he was confessing to, um, you know, feeling remorse for supporting the Iraq war. And he kind of went on a rant against corporate media and how controlled things were. And some of our listeners wanted us to point that out, which we did. And I think that was right. And our view was, you know, that, well, look, we don't know if Tucker's got any sort of, you know, ill intent behind what he does, but he works for Fox news. And I see all these, you know, of course, what happened as a result of all that? Well, I saw on gateway pundit uh, last week, a headline, where is the house GOP? Where are the January 6th videos? Where is the real January 6th investigation? Where is the investigation into the corrupt DC attorneys? Right. That's what we were asking. Then, when the videos came out, and so nothing ever happened, and a lot of people were saying, oh, this was just the beginning, and, you know, Tucker's going to come out with it, or it's going to, well, then there was even teased no, he that- got sh- He got gonna, shut down, is the way it right. seems. It was the, he, whatever happened, they shut him down on, and, on after day one. Right. And we argued that the entire rollout that he put forth was basically useless. He, sh- he showed people walking through the building like they were on vacation. It never really got to the heart of anything that was going on. And then he did focus on Jacob Chansley, who was in prison, but 
nobody else who was in prison. Um, Jacob Chansley, one prediction I made that was incorrect was that nothing would happen as a result of it. He was subsequently put into a halfway house. Isn't that right? Yeah, but I think that his time, I'm not sure. There's some, there's, Conflicting narrative on whether or not he was released earlier, if that was his scheduled Getting release date, no matter anyways. what. Gotcha. Um, but it's funny because, you know, it's like you look around now. I look on, I didn't watch any news on this. The only clip I'm going to play today is actually us talking about it. Do you want to play that first? Uh, from from previously. But play that first. Let's Let's what? hear that. Okay. So this was when we were responding to some citizen producers who wanted to kind of throw some props to Tucker. Week, we'll be back. By the way, the entire episode of Let Them Eat Bugs, not quite as good as pizza, streaming now on Fox Nation. Use the promo code Originals for 30 days free. And we'll be back on Monday. So somehow that's not the clip. I was going to say, you're running a promo for him. <laughs> no, that was, I was going to read all these tweets. And when I hit play, it played whatever video was lined up on the Twitter feed and not in my... We're st- it's still soft- a work in progress, everybody. Here. Sorry about that. But here we are. This was in March. Uh, March. Uh, March 24th. So about a month ago. Wasn't he in your movie? He was. I, on a personal level, I have no animosity towards Tucker. I have a problem with his genre. I have a problem with his medium. I have a problem right. with all cable news. I have a problem right. with people thinking that they can, that, that, that Tucker Carlson or anybody like that is the answer to to the problems that we are suffering under right now. They're not. They're, yeah. they're, you need to look at them more as entertainment than anything else. And I don't really know Tucker uh, well. I've emailed with him before. I even at one point in time uh, had an agreement to write at his website, the Daily Caller, back in the day. And, I mean, he was very nice and friendly. Um, Affable guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's not that I don't like Tucker, but I don't like Fox News. And the way that I see it is... Whether or not Tucker is is genuine or not, um, you know, I think what I've been trying to portray is 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 we don't know. You know, my argument is that Tucker is working at Fox News. He's allowed to report the things he's allowed to report, and he's allowed to say the things he's allowed to say. We'll see. We'll see so if you're, he you're sticks around. This is, this- yeah, he could be. Look. I, you know, I don't know Tucker, so he could be sincere in in what he's saying. But this is the sentiment that is, you know, bolstering people's last remaining positive views about Fox News. Without Tucker, I don't know what they have left as far as having like a conservative, you know, base audience. And and I'm not necessarily arguing him, arguing that he's some sort of sinister personality, but that he has to work within a framework that the network allows him to work in. And he's acknowledging that here. But how long does he stay at Fox News? If he starts spouting these views, these types of views. Unless it's what they want him to say. It's either what they want him to say 
or he's going to get canned. Wow, Jeremy. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay. Listen Fox to the News. Truth Bay podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you've got, to me, there. it's not that I was shocked or not shocked that he was going to be, you know, gone or that he's gone. I, it does cause me to think that maybe he is more legitimate. Maybe he is sincerely more aligned with the people. Um, and maybe he is more sincerely interested in conveying and reporting truth. Okay. Well then let's, let's get into some of the clips I have because it, it, you may be right, and and some of the clips I have may reinforce that. Let's start with let's start with CNN's reaction because that's the most fun. This just in to CNN: Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. The right wing network just announced the two have parted ways. CNN senior media reporter Oliver Darcy is here with more on this. What are you learning? He was out on Friday. Will we see him say goodbye? We're not going to see him say goodbye. This is really stunning news coming from Fox. They paid out $787 million, the highest known defamation settlement ever uh, publicly known in U.S. media. So this is coming days after that. Unclear, of course, whether this is related. It's kind of hard to imagine that these coincidentally, these things happen. Tucker Carlson was sowing doubts about the U.S. election results uh, just up until the last few weeks. So it's possible that there was a relationship there that's the narrative they want <laughs> that's that's the official narrative is that he that's one is fired yeah. because of the dominion settlement even though he had nothing to do with that he was not a direct target of that case some of his text messages were involved but he was never a direct target of that because i don't think he ever mentioned dominion on his show that way but really big news like yeah. he has promoted conspiracy theories yep. about the vaccines he has said things that are just blatantly anti-immigrant he has like i said po uh, promoted uh Doubt about the 2020 election. They have. <laughs> CNN has never promoted doubt about an election ever. <laughs> Certainly yeah. not the 2016 election. Stuck with them throughout all of this. So, you know, really shocking news that now he's no longer with the network. This raises a lot of questions about whether the network potentially is trying to at least rein in some of the more extreme uh, people on the channel. I mean, of course, Tucker Carlson, the most extreme probably on that channel. This is not only huge news in the world of media, but also in the world of politics, where he was really pushing the GOP in that extremist uh, direction. He's an extremist. <laughs> and I'm he was controlling sure never the GOP. Called, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they never called Hannity the most extreme at Fox either. And I'm sure they never called uh, Bill O'Reilly the most extreme. That Everybody's the most extreme when they're talking about him. Uh, they are just, they never fail. <laughs> they, they always pay off. <laughs> if you're amused by this stuff, <laughs> it is always, there's always a payoff. So <laughs> now, since we're talking about CNN, Tucker was not the only prominent news person to be let go from their organization. Don Lemon was also fired. Did you know that? 
I did. Don Lemon was fired from CNN the same day. They gave us both. They gave both sides of us some meaty gravy yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but I don't see anybody lamenting and and feeling shock and remorse that Don Lemon's gone from CNN. <laughs> Nobody's lamenting. Tucker's going to be Lemon. able to port his audience to wherever he wants. Don Lemon has no audience to port. None. <laughs> but so racist. here was Fox announcing CNN's tragedy. I figured turnabout's fair play. Breaking news, <laughs> Kaylee actually said, what took so long? Uh, <laughs> CNN is parting ways with star anchor Don Lemon. The network made the announcement just a moment ago, actually. And it says, quote, CNN and Don have parted ways. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, I guess, but he can't work there. And we thank- <laughs> That sounds like my family. <laughs> thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well and will be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Don Lemon also speaking out, writing a statement. Now, listen to this. This is right in line with what we've been talking about. Get ready to pull out your oppressor, oppressed, victimizer, victim prism. Here's part of that. I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. So clearly they see this differently. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to work. I have loved at the network. Kaylee Mackin. He should have been reading Gateway Yeah, it's Pundit. quite something. Um, you know, we just, uh, I, I would just say we saw him take a break briefly for some comments he made, and then here we are. Here we are. All right, so not a ton of gloating, a tiny bit of gloating, but not a ton. And But let's just, again, focus on what he did there. It could, it just compare it. And contrast it to Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson was totally sandbagged. He had no idea that that was his last show. His final sign-off was see you Monday. He's got no clue what's coming. Do you see him out there whining about it? No. But Don Lemon made it like a part of his announcement was to wrap himself in that victimhood. But I think it's a major backfire for him because it all it does is exposes how toxic he is. Even CNN hates his guts. Why would well, you tell probably... everybody how how no one has respect for you? Because that's what he did. <laughs> that, well, nice they, move. They Don. probably did it knowing he would do that, so that it would reinforce the, the uh, oppression oppression narrative. I uh, just in his case, I don't think it works. <laughs> I think it's a it's a missed it's a misfire. It was the wrong I, time to be the victim. He'll probably use it. I'm sure he'll sue CNN and go for some sort of a settlement. Um, do you have any more clips? Oh, I've got a lot more clips. So that was, that was Fox news. And you just, I want to call attention again to the level of gloating. It was a very subdued level of gloating. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, they sent, they didn't sound sad. They made a couple of little comments, but not, you know, not like the view. Word has just come down that Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network and host of a prior contributor. Wave. So she let Whoopi led a, you know, like a stadium wave of the audience. Na 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 na. That's Anna na Anna na 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 Navarro. Na 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 na. Hey hey. 
Now, one of them on the panel, for a moment, has a little bit of self-awareness. Sonny Hostin. Sayonara. I don't think anyone likes to celebrate the demise of someone's career, but well, he's he, not, but he is responsible yeah. for... No, the did she say, did Whoopi Goldberg say, he's not dead yet? I mean, sayonara. I think anyone likes to celebrate the demise of someone's career, but well, he's, he's not, not. But he is responsible yeah. for. Does she say he's not dead yet? She said he's not dead. Well, maybe well, she says yeah. Dead. Maybe she's saying yeah. He's not dead. Yeah. yeah. He, career, but well, he's, he's not. not but he is responsible yeah. for yeah. no the demise she of someone's career. Yeah. yeah. But but he <laughs> is responsible for the degradation that we see somewhat of our democracy in this country, and I just think as a faithful person, look at God, look at God. Well, in you know? Russian propaganda, hardest hit. <laughs> I mean, he's been the biggest yeah. purveyor of pro-Russian yeah. talking yeah. points. Yeah. Um, so it's a good day for the Ukrainian Karma people. I think that actually might be one of the first big hints at what actually happened. <laughs> he is not a friend or ally of the military industrial complex. That's a big enemy. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what prompted our discussion that day back in March. It was a clip of him basically, you know, uh, professing remorse and a, a sense of guilt for, you know, going along with the Iraq right. war, which most of us all did. We were all duped by the Bushes and Cheneys into supporting that. And then the neocon on the panel, I don't know her name. She's the one who said, made the comment about, you know, this was good for the Ukrainian people. Well, that's a, that tips the hand on the narrative in GOPE. So, well, yeah, uh, it's good for it's good for everything. It's good for gun grabbers. It's good for abortion rights. It's good for whatever you want it to be good for because he was an enemy of everything that is good, right? And the View, the ladies in the View, they're the good. Sonny Hostin, <laughs> you are a lying hypocrite, which everybody already knows. She was sitting there chair dancing to the na na na. She's moving her shoulders yeah, back and forth. She was like, "Wait a minute!" They uh, she just got texted that they just canned Don Lemon, and she's like, "Hey, we could get <laughs> right. canned too. We better <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, I mean, she literally was dancing. She Lemon. was chair dancing. Nobody's safe. Yeah, yeah. And then she says, "Nobody wants to dance on somebody's grave." <laughs> okay. Uh. So now the question becomes, you know, everybody was asking, well, wh how do, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And one of the things that people have posited was that, well, maybe it was AOC. I don't know if you caught that she was on Jen Psaki's show on MSNBC, and she was making some pretty aggressive comments about Tucker Carlson and Fox News. And I'm going to play her in two clips. The first clip is very interesting because I think it is a great context for, for her second clip. Listen to the first clip. The Republican Party will not is not starting at Roe. They will not stop at Roe. They will not stop just at women's rights. I believe that what we are seeing is a concerted rollback of civil liberties in general. Our right to privacy, our right to bodily autonomy, our right to marry whomever we wish to marry. All of this is at risk. I do not think they will stop. These are our civil rights and our civil liberties, and we have to resist. We must resist these attempts 
to roll back the basic human rights of certain communities of Americans based on identity. I hate to be picky, but the last time I read the Bill of Rights, absolutely none of the things she listed were in there. (laughs) None of them. Well, that doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm pretty sure... Maybe those things can be interpreted, but none of them are in there, you know, explicitly. But do you know what is in there explicitly? That would be the First Amendment. We have very real issues with um, what is permissible on air. And we saw that with January 6th. Mm -hmm. And we saw that in the lead up to January 6th. And how we navigate questions, not just of freedom of speech, but also accountability for incitement of violence. These are, this is the line that we have to really explore through law. This is the line that we have to explore through law. Explore through law as well. And Do you think media organizations or social media platforms should be accountable for the role, for, for being platforms for incitement? I believe that when it comes to broadcast television, like Fox News, these are subject to to federal law, federal regulation in terms of what's allowed on air and what isn't. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence, very clearly incitement of violence. And... That is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. Now, Jeremy Siegel, I need your opinion. Do you think that Rupert Murdoch caved to AOC? Absolutely. 1,000%. No way. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I don't think so either. Not a chance. It's possible she knew this was coming. And so she put herself out in front as being this incredibly effective, powerful voice. Yeah, for sure. And they'll let her do that. But the and the thing that she's talking about should really scare the you know what out of everybody because the reason for the First Amendment. All right, you got to pick up your energy. When you do that, when you take a sigh like that, brother, I just need come a on, man. Are you so bored? What's have going more on? Energy. No, the reason, the reason for the First Amendment was to protect people's rights to criticize authority, to criticize government, to do the things she doesn't want us to do, and not be charged with treason or sedition. And that's what they've been talking about. She didn't go there directly. She talks about violence and incitement of violence. But that narrative has been bubbling out in all of the media reporting about January 6th. And this is about January 6th. And that violence she's referring to is that January 6th. Oh, I thought she was talking about the violence of the... uh the the tranny who shot up the the Christian children in Nashville. Oh yeah, no 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um that wasn't so, stochastic terrorism. So people Tucker like Carlson Tucker right, people okay. like Tucker and others who have reported on January 6th with a critical view of the government 
They're guilty of sedition. They're guilty of incitement. They're guilty of encouraging that insurrection that day. And that's specifically what the First Amendment is there uh, to protect people of. So not not they're not not there to protect people to incite or to cause uh, insurrection, but to criticize the government and not be in fear of uh, being tried for seditious treason. That's the reason for the First Amendment. Um, and no, I don't think Fox News caved to no. AOC. No, but no, but they might have caved to, to Chuck Schumer. Remember how upset he was the, after the first night of Tucker Carlson's January 6th footage? Here's Schumer. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Did Rupert Murdoch cave to the most powerful Democrat in Congress? Chuck Schumer. Absolutely 1,000% no way. I agree. (laughs) Although as somebody who has uh, occasionally been identified as Jewish, Schumer just embarrasses the hell out of me. I'm going to say that. I'm getting on record. One Jew to another, you fool. How dare you act to silence anybody's voice in such a demagogic way, demagogic way, from the height of government leadership, government power, the seat of power you possess? Do you not remember the Nazis? You, you scumbag. Okay, that's it. That was my little that's PSA. Not, that's not a nice way. To talk to people. You're right. Okay. I will attempt to improve. Chuck, <laughs> I'm going to have to improve another day, though. <laughs> Chuck is a lost soul. He's gone astray, and he needs help. I just don't but understand progressive Jews. Not. I don't understand Jews who are pro-abortion. I don't understand. I don't get it. The cheapening of life. Do we not remember what happened? Don't get me started, Jeremy. That's a different episode. That's a pop-up episode. Moving yeah. on. I just got a text from the ADL. <laughs> they want to sponsor? <laughs> no, they're telling me you need to knock it off. Um, you got hate speech. Did they reach out to the, did they reached out to they your wife? And your you wife is now telling anti, you. They just said you're an anti-Semite, and they're coming after us. No, they're going after our sponsors. Sponsors, hold strong. Here I am. Come and get me. Uh, <laughs> We do start to get a little bit closer to the truth, I think. Uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet that RFK Jr. put out. He, yes. He, this, is, this was, and uh, our producer, Ann in Wisconsin, sent me this, as well as Big D and AZ. Thank you very much. Uh, picked up on this tweet. Fox fires Tucker Carlson five days after he crosses the red line by acknowledging that the TV networks pushed a deadly and ineffective vaccine to please their pharma advertisers. Carlson's breathtakingly courageous April 19th monologue broke TV's two biggest rules. Tucker told the truth about how greedy pharma advertisers controlled TV news content, and he lambasted obsequious newscasters for promoting jabs they knew to be lethal and worthless. 
For many years, Tucker has had the nation's biggest audience, averaging 3.5 million, 10 times the size of CNN. Fox just demonstrated the terrifying power of Big Pharma. I think now we're starting to get a little bit closer to the truth. You want to hear that segment that he references? Sure. Here is Tucker Carlson's monologue from April 19th. Sometimes you wonder just how filthy and dishonest our news media are. You'll be in the shower and you'll think they're bad, but how bad are they? Well, here's one measure of their badness. You can try this at home. Ask yourself, is any news organization you know of so corrupt that it's willing to hurt you on behalf of its biggest advertisers? Anyone who do that is obviously Pablo Escobar level corrupt and should not be trusted. What would that look like? That level of corruption. Well, imagine that the Trump administration had made it mandatory for American citizens to buy my pillow. I'm just going to pause this for one second. I'm going to rewind this a tiny bit. Listen to this. I don't know if you can pick it up. You can see it visually. I'd recommend people go take a look at this. He looks nervous while he's doing this. He even sounds a little bit out of breath. Very uncharacteristic for Tucker Carlson. Anyone who do that is obviously Pablo Escobar level corrupt and should not be trusted. What would that look like? That level of corruption. Well, imagine that the Trump administration had made it mandatory for American citizens to buy my pillow. That's one of Fox News' biggest advertisers. Imagine the administration declared that if you didn't rush out and buy at least one my pillow, and then at least another booster pillow, you would not be allowed to eat out. You couldn't re-enter your own country. Do you hear that? He's having trouble catching his own breath. Yeah, I can hear it. You couldn't have a paying job. My pillow, they told you with a straight face, was the very linchpin of our country's public health system. Now imagine as they told you that, that Fox, as a news organization, endorsed it, amplified the government's message. Imagine if Fox News attacked anyone who refused to buy my pillow as an ally of Russia, as an enemy of science. And then imagine that Fox kept up those libelous attacks even as evidence mounted that my pillow caused heart attacks, fertility problems, and death. If Fox News did that, what would you think of Fox News? Would you trust us? Of course you wouldn't. You would know that we were liars. Thank heaven Fox News never did anything like that. But the other channels did. The other channels took hundreds of millions of dollars from big pharma companies. And then they shilled for their sketchy products on the air. And as they did that, they maligned anyone who was skeptical of those products. At the very least, this was a moral crime. It was disgusting, but it was universal. It happened across the American news media. They all did it. So at this point, the question isn't who in public life is corrupt, too many to count. The question is, who is telling the truth? There are not many of those. One of them is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Robert Kennedy knew early that the COVID vaccines were both ineffective and potentially dangerous, and he said so in public to the extent he was allowed. Science has since proven Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right, unequivocally right. But Kennedy was not rewarded for this. He was vilified. He was censored because he dared to criticize their advertisers. The news media called Bobby Kennedy a Nazi, and then they attacked his family. But he kept doing it. He was not intimidated, and we were glad he wasn't. This is one of those moments when it's nice to have a truth teller around. It's helpful because suddenly the stakes are very high. So while Fox News may not have done 
what he's saying the other networks did. Fox News sure does have a lot of pharma advertising. I don't know if you've noticed, <laughs> but every medication and every bladder control device and every catheter is sold on Fox News. So regardless of what Fox News might have been doing specifically with the vaccine, there's a lot of overlapping interest, sponsorship-wise. Now let's move on to, this was the speech that Tucker gave at the Heritage Foundation the night after his final broadcast. He didn't, keep in mind, he does not know he's been fired at this point. And I'm going to play this because he then goes after another major pillar of television advertising. You look with disdain and sadness as you see people you know. Be that echo, by the way, is in the original audio. Unfortunately, there's nothing I could do about it. Become quislings. You see them revealed as cowards. You see them going along with a new, new thing, which is clearly a poisonous thing, a silly thing. You know, saying things you know they don't believe because they want to keep their jobs. If there's a single person in this room who hasn't seen that, through George Floyd and COVID and the Ukraine war, raise your hand. Oh, nobody, right, you all know what I'm talking about. And you're so disappointed in people. You know, you are, and you realize that the herd instinct is maybe the strongest instinct. I mean, it may be stronger than the hunger and sex instincts, actually. The instinct, which again is inherent to be like everybody else and not to be cast out of the group, not to be shunned. That's Wait, let's just, I wanna, I wanna stop just to discuss that one real quick. So if the if the urge to get along, to be accepted, is more important than the urge to eat. <laughs> so let's think about that. That means you would rather starve to death than eat something that is frowned upon. <laughs> if you are, maybe if you're mm. a vegan, <laughs> you, would rather, <laughs> you would rather starve to death than eat meat. So your group acceptance, I mean, he'd be right in that case. Your group acceptance would supersede your your urge to eat. Might be right. I mean, <laughs> people, I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know at some point your urge to eat might win over. <laughs> Wouldn't you but hope? People might, but people might like in the interest of, you know, being liked or something like he's talking about, you know, you might put off eating for a while. Okay. I recommend a, that we, as a society, as a culture, we build an, an opportunity for these people to go ahead and starve to death. <laughs> we, it could be used to weed them out. Everyone whose desire, whose urge to be a part of the group supersedes their urge to exist <laughs> through sustenance. <laughs> I think we should give you the opportunity. That's just my opinion. I'm one man. We'll see if it catches on. That's a very Do you agree? Write us at truthatruthbait.com. That's a very strong impulse in all of us from birth. And it takes over, unfortunately, in moments like this, and it's harnessed, in fact, by bad people in moments like this to produce uniformity. And you see people going along with this and you lose respect for them. And that certainly happened to me at scale over the past three years. I'm not mad at people, I'm just sad. I'm disappointed. How could you go along with this? You know it's not true, but you're saying it anyway? Really, you're putting your pronouns in your email? You're ridiculous. So for every 10 people who are putting he and hem, him in their electronic J.P. Morgan email signatures, there's one person who's like, no, I'm not doing that. Someone came up to me like, you're so brave, really? I'm a talk show host. <laughs> it's like I can have any opinion I want. That's my job, that's why they pay me. It's not brave to tell the truth on a cable news show, and if you're not doing that, you're really an idiot. You're really craven. 
You're lying on television? Why would you do that? I don't know, Tucker. I actually feel kind of brave bringing people the truth on this podcast. I don't know about you, Jeremy. It seems that you need to be brave. I feel brave. I think you're brave. Thank you for your bravery. Uh, reporting the truth, I would say, at this in this time we live requires some. And by the way, actually, it's not even brave. There's no other choice. You have no other choice. You either you either uh, tell the truth or you live a lie. What what is your choice? Anyway, uh, that was a digression. Here we go. You're literally making a living to say what you think, and you can't even do that. Please. But how about if you're a senior vice president at Citibank? Wow. So in the same speech, he's now gone after J.P. Morgan and Citibank. So now let's just think about this. That is three major pillars of corporate advertising that he has now gone after in the last couple of months. Big pharma, big uh, military, and big banking. Did this guy want to be fired? He might have known it was coming. Inevitable. Or he just may be based. It's possible he's based. I'm serious. It's Citibank. And you're making, you know, $4 million a year. And you've got three kids in Bedford and two are in boarding school and one starting at Wesleyan next year. And, like, you need this job, honestly. And your whole sector is kind of collapsing and you know that. There is no incentive whatsoever for you to tell the truth about anything. You just go into the little re-education meetings and you're like, yeah, diversity is our strength. That's exactly right. We need equity in the capital markets. Okay. All right. And that's pretty accurate. I have one more, one more clip from him. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea. Let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry. That's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that and victims of rape? I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you're, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. And since we're going down the rabbit hole, here is the Treasury Secretary and her comments. Well, I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy and would set women back decades. And research also shows that it had a favorable impact on the well-being and earnings um, of of children. <laughs> 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 she must be just a terrible public speaker. How do you argue that abortion was is very good for child wages? <laughs> for child labor. 
Why are we importing all these new children to work as slaves in our factories right now then? Seems we could have used the kids that nobody wanted, apparently. So she's obviously she's in a hole. Let me just I'm going to play this out. Uh, Tim Scott, Republican, uh, says, well, you know, that seems a little bit strange for you to say. To make it sound like it's just another 0.4 percent added to our labor force participation as a result of the issue of abortion, just to me seems harsh so now she's okay she's gonna go from harsh to just flat out racist well i i certainly don't mean to um say what i think the effects are in a manner that's harsh in many cases um abortions are of teenage women um particularly low income and often black who um aren't in a position to be able to care for children have um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education to later participate in the workforce. So there, there is a spillover into labor force participation, yeah. but yeah. and uh, it means that children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do, do worse themselves. Uh, except for that abortion means they won't grow up at all. It's so racist. She immediately couches it in terms of black people. Are there no white poor? Do we not worry about them having unwanted babies that they can't afford? Why the focus on black babies? It's possible because she's a tad racist. Here is, that was, again, I know that was a digression, but when you're watching this stuff, sometimes you go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm taking you with me. Here's the very last comment, just to show how li- they did not know that this was coming, the firing was coming, or did they? This was, uh, Tucker goes in, after he gives a speech, he sits down for the Q&A, and the, uh, I don't know if this is the director of of Heritage, but whoever's keynoting, uh, or whoever, whoever's emceeing the, the event, now leads a Q&A with Tucker, and this was just one tiny little snippet from their interaction. Thank you. What a great message. Oh, well, thank you. Yep. Uh, it was heartfelt. <laughs> Things go south at Fox News. There's always a job for you at Heritage. <laughs> well, you've saved me before. So thank you. Maybe they did now. Maybe they knew. That seems like an interesting thing to say. Well, we we sort of predicted it. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of. Was you somewhat, absolutely predicted it. Not no sort of. I mean, I think it's it was predictable, which is why I think all of the response of shock is ridiculous. And all of the Marjorie Taylor Greens and everybody is now, you know, coming out and, you know, everybody's going to leave Fox News now. Bannon said there's no reason left to watch anything in the Murdoch empire. That's not true. Gutfeld is still worth watching. I'd say he's not worth watching in my view, but that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Um how dare you speak that way about a close <laughs> friend of Andrew Breitbart? Andrew Breitbart put was the one who got uh, Gutfeld that job at Fox News. I know that. 
And there so bite your tongue. Friends. Shame on you. <laughs> And AB had a lot of friends that I don't pay any attention to now. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> so during this show. <laughs> um, so, you know, nobody. I don't blame every, civilians for being surprised by it. I don't blame average, no, but, 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 average but, viewers. I, all the people who are in the establishment, they all had to have known. Not that they had inside information, but. If you could see this coming, and you are very prescient, but I, I you know, I, I would bet that this has been it's one of those sort of things that is kind of an open secret, maybe. Not that he was going to get fired, but like like you said, how long does he have? Right. And and that was a question of whether or not he is gonna report what they say he can report, or if he's going to push the limits. And obviously he pushed the limits, but I think that that one of the important things, and you asked me, did I think it was about AOC? Do I think it was about pressure from Chuck Schumer? Is it about Robert F. Kennedy and vaccines? The reason Fox News fired Tucker Carlson is because Fox News is a Marxist news organization. Period. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting your tinfoil ready. All right, put that on. <laughs> You're going straight Fox, for the Marxism. That's it. Fox <laughs> News, Rupert Murdoch, he's an Australian. He's not an American. But that okay, makes him so Marxist? The guy seems there's to be one, a capitalist, a, a corporatist maybe. but There's one thing against him right there. If you're worried about getting the truth out in this country, this, is a, this, is, this guy's not even an American. Okay, his organization, time and time again, he has done things like this. They did, and you mentioned actually in the clip that I played of us, you went on to talk because everyone's like, why would Fox do this? This is going to kill their ratings. They don't care about their ratings. And you mentioned in that clip afterwards, they didn't care about their ratings when Glenn, when they got rid of Glenn Beck. Uh, right. They don't. They they will. It, well, so they got rid of Glenn Beck because he was openly competing against them. He was building a competing network using the money he was getting from Fox News for his job. So that was a that was a good fire. Actually, that was that was actually a really smart fire. <laughs> you but can't the, put up with the, that. You can't let your top guy build his own network. <laughs> you can't do that. But I don't think people should be getting caught up in the why he got fired or why would Fox News do this people have said to me over and over again that tucker carlson is the last one they still watch on fox news he's why they still watch fox news and my answer for a while has been i don't watch tucker carlson because he's on fox news you shouldn't be watching fox news ever well and you shouldn't be watching fox news for greg gutfeld either it shouldn't be on your tv you shouldn't be paying for it uh, Gutfeld, you're incorrect. But I, I have a, I have a. Maybe it's the same theory. You can tell me whether or not you think this coincides with your Marxism theory. Uh, so he attacked big pharma. He attacked big banks. Let me just. I, I'm going over to my friend ChatGPT, our co-host of the program, <laughs> ChatGPT. He's actually, ChatGPT hosts the Sword of Truth bait. Uh, 
List the top institutional investors in Pfizer. Number one, Vanguard Group. Number two, BlackRock. Huh. Well, list the top institutional investors in Citigroup. Number one, Vanguard Group. Number two, BlackRock. Hmm. Well, name the top institutional investors in J.P. Morgan Chase. Number one, Vanguard Group. Number two, BlackRock. Hmm. Yeah, well, list the top the institutional investors, investors in Bud Light. What's that? Right. It's all the same people. Yeah. Invi- listen to the, the top investors in Bud the t- Light. The top institutional investors in News Corp, Vanguard, and BlackRock. Huh. List the top institutional investors in Raytheon, Big Defense Corporation. Number one, Vanguard. Number two, BlackRock. Huh. List the top institutional investors of Northrop Grumman. Number one, Vanguard. Number two, BlackRock. Huh. And I was going to bring some of those same points into this. Who are the top institutional investors of Lockheed Martin? Number one, Vanguard. Number two, BlackRock. Who are the number, who is it, who are the number one institutional investors of Boeing? Number one, Vanguard. Number two, BlackRock. This guy... He made the he became public enemy number one of the group that has is the top institutional investor in all of these companies. Who is the top investor in General Dynamics? Number one, Vanguard. Number two, BlackRock. <laughs> Another name that keeps popping up here is State Street Cap State Street Capital. No, State Street Corporation. Oh, okay. Well, who are the top investors of State Street Corporation? Number one, Vanguard. Number two, BlackRock. <laughs> I mean, that's as far as I dug on that one. Can you imagine how many of the different boards that keep the different companies that keep showing up are actually controlled by them? How many different layers of control that is? Now, they're not, I, I don't claim that they're controlling every single one of these companies, but they have tremendous influence in every one of these companies. Yep. Now I don't know if that fits in with your Marxism. Yes, it does theory. because they're all the, they are the mechanisms that these that the pressure is being twisted on these companies, and they're pulling the puppet strings. Now, everybody's worried about George Soros, who is a bad guy, but he's a lightning rod for everybody to focus on. So. And now, you know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens, we're, we're all going to go follow Tucker wherever he goes. And everyone's saying, we're all going to go follow Tucker wherever he goes. That's fine. If you like Tucker a lot and you like, I mean, he's entertaining. That's why he nobody should worry commentary. about him. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. You should be abandoning Fox News. But you also can't put all of your hope and expectation of, you know, fixing things in this country into a news host. Yes, that's exactly right. We've been winning the cable wars for going on two decades. And how's that going, everybody? You got a lot of wins under the belt? And I think, right. And I think that's some of the point that you were making in that clip of us a, a few weeks ago is it's not Tucker you dislike, but it's his genre. Yes. And, and I don't, is, this is why I think it's good news that this has happened. People need to wake up. If this is what it takes, for me, it was the election, but maybe this is it for you. Maybe it's Tucker, where you're waking up and you are realizing you don't have an ally here. Why would Fox do this? Who cares? Fox News is your enemy. 
Don't worry about why. Don't worry about them losing shareholder or them losing stock price or them losing viewers because they don't care about that stuff. And you don't need to care about that stuff either. But you need to do your homework. You need to, f- to start reading books, spending time figuring out what's really going on and who you look to for truthful information. But don't get bogged down in it and don't get bogged down in the why. Get bogged down in how you can do something to resist it. Do something to desynchronize the Marxist attacks that are coming. Because they're going to keep coming and they're going to keep getting amplified and they're going to keep getting worse and worse. The more they lose their grip, the harder they're going to clamp down. Somebody sent me, I can't find it right now, but the gist of the comment was that uh, the speculation that Murdoch is looking to sell Fox News, in which case this is nothing more than just financial positioning for a sale. He's If you're selling to somebody who's likely going to turn the network a different direction, and Tucker is probably one of your more expensive contracts, this is a pretty good way to trim the sales. There's some, look, there was something coordinated here. There's clearly something coordinated with the same day as Don Lemon and all these other things and the, and the, and the Ray Epps thing. Like there's coordination going on, but forget about all of that right now. Just forget about Fox News. They're never been on your side. They're never going to be on your side. They hired, if they hired Tucker back and said, sorry, we made a mistake, would you go back to watching it? You're not asking me, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't watch anyway. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. I'm asking people that do. Write us at truth at truthbait.com. What do you think? Do you think that this is a? Are we off target here? Do, are we missing the tragedy, or do you agree? Let us know. There's truth no tragedy. You've got the ability to find truth, and it doesn't. It it it, it doesn't matter if. It doesn't matter what happens at Fox News. It doesn't matter what happens, who they censor. I mean, these things are all obstacles, but you, you've got to go back to educating yourself on the things that we've been uneducated about, philosophy, the principles of our country. People can't argue those things articulately anymore with knowledge. They can maybe argue, talking. I'm talking about everybody. But certainly not our listeners. The vast majority of people out there are not skilled in articulating and formulating the arguments against Marxism and against what we're up against politically. Okay. Well, Tucker might be liberated now to do that. Like I said, that'll make him more interesting to me. Right, and that's and that's great. But you can't expect things to change. You know. Just because he bounces back. Of course. Right. Exactly. Again, like I said, man, if you didn't recognize this after they helped steal the election, I don't know what you were hoping for out of Fox News. They are not an ally. And you don't need allies like that. We need a different kind of approach. Much more closer to home. Much more with the individual. Uh, Jeremy, you and I have... A lot more content, but we do not have any more time, I am afraid. I think that we need to take the remainder that we have and and 
and push it. I, I, I can... I don't want to wait till Friday. We still have items that we had from the last episode that we were talking about doing as a pop-up episode that I thought we were going to get to in this episode. I know you have another piece. I just we're, We've just rounded two hours. I think we need to get out. And I, I'm willing to come back later tonight to record a pop-up episode that we can drop tomorrow or the next day, uh, or I can record something on my own tomorrow to clean this out. You let me know, but I think that we I think we get out and we push the rest of this to a pop up episode that we com- that we uh, that we commit to recording now. I agree. When can you record? Let's let people hear this. I can record. You're you're basically, I, ladies and gentlemen, you're in our production meeting right now. I can record uh, probably tonight or possibly this afternoon. I can't do this afternoon, but I can record tonight after dinner. Uh, otherwise, you know, I could record probably tomorrow morning, but I would say that we don't need to bog down the audience in our scheduling right now, but we could commit to producing a our first pop-up episode, which will come out between the time they hear this episode and the Friday episode. You will want to turn tune in for that because uh, it's a World War Three update. We have uh, trans Maoism to talk to you about, and a, you just had a brief uh, on uh, Biden's announcement yep. and some things I found interesting there um, with a home a homework assignment um, that I will be assigning to our audience that I would have loved to do. You after know, the I rant. assigned I a homework assignment on. that you never bothered to do, so I may not even bother with your homework assignment. That's I'm going to do your homework assignment. Gripe. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> I'm going to do your homework assignment. I've, things have been a little crazy here. <laughs> We're going on day 23, I think, of this sickness in our house. Oh, uh, I guess if you're going to throw a biological are, attack at me, I'll have to cut you some the kids are The kids are pretty much better. Uh, still coughing. And my wife is... Pretty okay, but Good. she's still she's still on like day fifteen or sixteen, which means we're not out of it yet. It has been brutal, but I can see things getting a little bit more back to normal. They're they're back to their piano lessons today. I'm just so excited for how how immune your family is going to be now. I'm very excited for you. I'm a I'm a half I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Jeremy. <laughs> if that's really how it works, we should be in good shape. Uh, thank you everybody for listening we really appreciate it we hope you had a very good weekend and hope you have a very good week listen every single Tuesday and Friday when we bring you the Truth Bay Podcast without fail do we have a secret code word today Uh, the secret code word is Blistex Blistex I don't know if people are catching on. I'm just picking uh, words that are around me on my desk. Secret corporation that, that we're not they're not paying us. <laughs> the, next week the could, secret word will be toilet paper. The secret we <laughs> could have just paper. made it lip balm. Lip balm. We don't need to promote Blistex. Fine. Uh, li- medicated uh, lip balm. Share the show. Share the Share show, everybody. The show. Rate the show and review the show. All positive reviews put out publicly. All negative reviews email privately. 
We'll read them. But we're going to censor them, probably. I'm going to give you another chance. Here it comes. Tune in to the Toothbait Podcast every Tuesday and Friday, without fail. To the best of our ability. And now, back into the sea of clickbait with you all. <laughs> <laughs>